Hi there, and welcome to Vineyard Church Delaware County's podcast. My name is Michael Hansen. I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and I am so glad that you have joined us for this week's message. I'm going to have a little bit more to say at the end, but for now, enjoy the teaching. Join me in welcoming Michael Hansen to continue our Advent series. Thank you, Vicki. Thanks, everyone. Uh, good evening to those in the room. Thanks for, <clears throat> thanks for braving the elements. Whoop. Can we start that again? Thank you, Vicki. We'll edit that. Thank you, Vicki. Uh, what a beautiful day we had today. No, but uh, I'm using my Bible tonight. That's why. I'm trying to figure out where everything goes. So, but seriously, thanks for uh, braving the, the wind apocalypse. Uh, and getting here and parking your ships, your sailboats, and um, it's, it's, uh, it's just good to see you. And uh, good morning to those of you who are online. We hope you're having a good morning and that you're not spilling your drink <laughs> like I am. But uh, this is week three of uh, our four-week Advent series. It's entitled uh, The Crossroads. You can see there, The Crossroads of, of Christmas. And we've been looking at the Christmas story from the perspective of uh, crossroads people in the story faced. Uh, and we kicked off talking about Mary who came to a crossroads of reputation. Her reputation was on the line. Uh, and then last weekend, Andrew looked at uh, Joseph who was at a crossroad of reason as he's trying to make a pretty significant decision. And today we're gonna be looking at uh, the Magi or you may remember them or know them as the wise men as they stand at a crossroad of risk, a crossroad of Risk. And my assumption is that most of us are probably more familiar with the Christmas carol, We Three Kings, than we are with the, uh, the actual story that's found in the second chapter of, of Matthew. Uh, I find it interesting that we only find this story, it's only in Matthew, and really we know very little about these, these wise men. The song, uh, the song says that there's three because in the story they presented the three, the three gifts, but really... Uh, there could have been two, but I would say I would bet on if I not that I would, would agree with betting, of course, but I would I would more lean towards uh, that there were more than three. Um, we don't know their names. We don't know where they came from. Like we know, all we know is it was from the east of Jerusalem. It could have been Babylon or Persia or the Orient or uh, like. So we don't know. But what we do know from the story is. Uh, they were foreigners. They were called the Magi, which means uh, they were magicians. They were astrologers. They would have studied the, the planets and the stars and the bugs. And they would have, uh, you know, they, they would have, uh, they were wise men. They would have been experts in interpreting dreams and other strange happenings. Uh, we also know that they have seen something. They saw something that so stirred them that they were willing to take a major risk to embark on uh, quite a journey. And, you know, I've been thinking this week, like, why? Have you, do you ever, when you read the Bible, are there times where you go, I don't get it. Why is this story in the Bible? And I was sort of thinking that this week. Why is this story in the Bible? Is it just so Hallmark could, you know, sell a, a bunch of Christmas cards with camels and these three guys? And, and as I've thought, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons why it's in, this, in the Bible, but here's what, here's what I've landed on. I, I believe it's in the Bible uh, as an example to us today uh, like a snapshot of what it looks like to live this life of faith, the Christian life, uh, you know, which is lived by faith. The Bible uh, defines faith this way. Why don't you read this with me? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Let's read it together. Here's what it says. Now, faith is being, this is faith, sure of what we hope for 
and certain of what we do not see. Now think about that, right? That's what faith means. It's sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So really what that's saying is that the Christian life Uh, The Christian life is, well, we believe in and follow as best we can a God who is invisible. And we do our best to, you know, to stay the course, to follow his ways, to follow his plans, despite what we see, despite what we feel, despite the results, despite what others would say. We, as the Bible says, learn in this life to walk by faith and not by sight. (laughs) That's good. Everyone gets points. And, and, and we're not talking about a passive faith. We're not just talking about a mental uh, decision or a mental belief. We're talking about uh, an active faith. Uh, we're talking about something that, you know, that, a faith that calls us to action. And so uh, John Wimber uh, may or may not be a familiar name. He's uh, the man that God raised up in the 70s to, who started the Vineyard Movement. He would define faith this way. He would say, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Faith is spelt risk. And what he's saying in that little, little quote there is, like, to live the life of faith, following Jesus, means taking risks. And I don't mean, like, foolish, adrenaline-seeking risks, but what I mean is, like, it's, it's doing our best to follow, to respond to the, let's be honest, mostly mysterious, yet very real guidance of God through his word and through uh, and through his spirit. And that is what uh, we're going to look at in, in this story. So uh, let's pray, and uh, then we'll, we'll jump in and learn more about these guys. So Lord, I thank, you for your, I thank you for your presence here, and I thank you <clears throat> uh, for each one who's, who's joined us online, for each one in the room. Uh, Lord, I, I mostly am glad that you are here. And I pray that whatever our week has been, whatever our day has been, that just everyone, everyone listening right now would just be able to settle into that truth, that you are here, you're with us, you love us, you, you know us, you know what we need, you know what we need today. So Lord, would you come and just meet with each one here? We welcome you in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I wanna, here's, here's my, what I, my attempt, what I'm gonna attempt to do tonight is I wanna draw three points from the story within a certain context, and this is the context. Uh, so if faith is spelt risk, right, R-I-S-K, risk, and the fact that something is called a risk uh, means that as humans, we're naturally adverse towards that thing. So what is it then that frees us to take those risks, those kingdom risks? I hope that makes sense. I believe freedom to take kingdom risks comes from having kingdom eyes, or eyes of faith. And what I'm getting at is, you know, the Bible teaches that, that one of the significant consequences of you know, living in a broken world, living in a world that's, that's been poisoned by sin is blindness. Is that apart from Jesus, without Jesus, the Bible says we are spiritually, we're blind. We're blind to the things of God. And so, so, so what, what can we do to change that? Right? Like, how do we get eyes of faith? Well, it's really a simple answer. 2 Corinthians 3.16 says, But when anyone, anyone, you meet, when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil, the spiritual blindness is taken away. And, you know, I think there's a, there's a lot we could draw from that verse, but here's something that, that, that uh, I noticed was just that, you know, my understanding of what it meant 
to be a Christian. Sort of what, what I, I think I sort of caught on to or what I picked up as, as a young man was, you know, it's, it's all about praying a prayer. It's about praying the prayer. Meaning, you know, at one point in your life, you were on the outside. Now you prayed the prayer. Now you're on the inside. Now you're a Christian. And of course, being a Christian has lots to do with prayer, lots to do with talking with God. But I think there's that, that what it really means to be a, a Christian, it's more a question of what direction are you going in your life? Are you walking away from Jesus or are you walking towards Jesus? Right, because if you're walking towards him, if you're you know just doing you know setting out each day to follow him, to walk with him, what happens in the Christian life is he starts to rub off on you, and you start to see him, you start to see life differently, you start to have eyes of faith. So I hope that's making sense because I'm basing my talk on that, uh, and so I want to I'm going to read the story now, and then we're going to look at three things that eyes of faith give us. So. Uh, Matthew chapter 2, page 856, um, verses 1 to 12. You can follow along. Here's what it says. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, Frankenstein, and myrrh. Just making sure you're listening. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Okay, that's the story. The first thing eyes of faith give us is number one is the courage to act. The courage to act. So I look at this story, and, and again, we don't know a lot about these uh, these magi, and, but what we do know is that they saw something. They saw a star in the sky, and, and it has moved them to take a risk. It has moved them to a place of action. And the fact that they saw a star really makes sense because, you know, as magi, they probably were astrologists. Uh, astrology means this. It means the study that assumes and attempts to interpret the influence of the heavenly bodies on human affairs. So really, if, if you're a magi, you sort of live your life with, with this kind of belief system. Like if something, uh, if something significant was happening on planet Earth, you can bet that it's going to be reflected somehow uh, in the heavens with the stars and the planets. And so they saw something that brought them to a place 
of action. They stood at a crossroad and took a risk. And, and it wasn't like, you know, that they, they saw the star and thought, hey, let's, we need to book some flights on, on Middle East Airlines or something. But like they, they, this would have, have been a, a journey that would have had considerable preparation needed, considerable money. I mean, I think one of the reasons they were called uh, kings was because it would have taken a lot of uh, money to go on such a journey and then consider the gifts that they brought. Like there's, it's, it's pretty obvious that these magi were, were men of wealth and uh, it's estimated that their journey uh, was like around 900 miles. It would have taken months, uh, you know, supplies, protection, all this stuff. They had to get a pull all of that together. And again, we're talking about a crossroad of risk. Now just, just imagine, I try to imagine this week what that conversation would have been with this group of guys. Like, Okay, can we all agree we've seen something significant? Like, yes, yes, we, you know. And then it's like, okay, so we need to make a decision. Are we going to go on this trip? Are we going to follow this star? And they go, well, okay, first of all, we don't know where this star is going to lead us. So let's put that over here. And let's add to that, we don't know exactly what we're going to find when we get there. And then let's add to that, we don't even know if it's going to be worth it. Like, we don't even know if, if like, we're making a major time financial investment, it could cost our lives. So like logically, this, it's really, it's more than just a risk. It's, it's, it's really pretty crazy. But then they look at each other and they go, but we've seen something. Something has grabbed us. And so they go, off they go on this, on this journey. And, and you know, this, I've heard this story since I was a little boy and something that jumped out at me this week was, Notice that when they left on this journey that would have taken months, these magi were so convinced that they were going to welcome a newborn king that they brought their gifts with them. Like they prepared in advance to bring gifts to the king. Now that jumped out at me because it wasn't like they said, well, you know, who knows if it's going to work out? So I guess, why don't we just, you know, like if it does work out, well, then we'll just pick something up for the little guy at the, you know, Jerusalem CVS. We'll get him a toy gun or something. But it's like, but no, they had eyes of faith. They had seen something, you know, that had so convinced them. And and so, you know, when I look at that, I go, wait a minute. Well, okay, these are magi. So where did their eyes of faith come from? And what I mean is the scripture I read earlier says that, you know, anyone who turns to the Lord, uh, the veil is removed, the blindness is removed. And I'm like, okay, but, but this is before that. And, and what I mean is like, these aren't Jewish people and these are like total pagans. I mean, they were messing with stuff that you weren't supposed to mess with. You know, they're, they're magicians and yet they had eyes of faith. They had spiritual eyes that they saw God's announcement, whatever it looked like. They, you know, they, they tuned into God's invitation. So where do you think those eyes of faith came from? Well, I could be totally wrong. I could waste the next 10 minutes of your life. But uh, uh, so how's that for, but here, here's what I think. Here's what I think is I've been looking at it this week. Way back in 597 BC, God's people are conquered. The Jews are conquered by the Babylonians, right? And, uh, and the, the Jews are, the Jewish elite uh, many of them are taken back to Babylon as, as captives. You're probably familiar with, some of you are familiar with that story. During that time, the, the Babylonian king, the pagan king, Nebuchadnezzar, has a dream. And, and uh, it's a pretty significant dream, so he calls all his magi, right, all his wise men, etc. He calls them to interpret the dream, and he even goes so far as to say to them, like, hey, you know what, you're the wise men, Right? 
so I'm not going to tell you the dream. You tell me the dream, and then you interpret the dream. And they look at him and they go, you're a crazy. Like they're Italian, maybe. But you're, you know, it's like, you're crazy. Nobody can do that. And then the, the king looks at him and says, well, if you can't do it, I'm going to kill you. It's pretty, pretty intense. Um, uh, and so the word, you know, I'm sure word spread pretty quick about what was going on at the, at the palace. And uh, this young Jewish, this young Jewish man, Daniel, who is one of the captives, he hears about it. You know, I, I believe God stirs his heart. He gets on his knees and he prays and God speaks to him, tells him the dream, tells him the, ter- the interpretation, and off he goes to the king. And it says this in Daniel 2.26. It says, the king asked Daniel, they, uh, also called Belteshazzar, hey, are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Because these wise guys can't. Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But... But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And this God, O king, has shown you what will happen in days to come. And Daniel, after that, he continues or he proceeds to tell the dream and the interpretation. So just like just try to picture all that. Like try to imagine the impact that event would have had on the Magi community. Right? Like, 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 you know, Daniel just saved all of their lives. More accurately, the, you know, the God of Daniel just saved all their lives, but they're all witnesses, and they're looking at it going, Daniel, this, guy, this Jewish guy just did something that all of them knew they would not be able to do. Like, you know that word traveled quick about that. And, and so where I'm going with this is that event would have planted a seed, like, like, like a kingdom seed in the hearts of the Magi community. It would have, that seed would have been like a question. And it would have been like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who, I mean, we've, we've got some fancy little things we can do. Like, hey, we pick a card, you know, but it's like, but who is this God who can reveal mysteries? Like, like, like we know we couldn't do that. And, and then, like, years later in Daniel 5, the, almost a very similar event happens to the Nebuchadnezzar's son, Belshazzar. And again, the Magi, you know, all this, this community of these, of these magicians, etc., they see the power of this God of Daniel and that kingdom seed in the hearts now is, is watered. And so just imagine, for, you know, and that's, that, that seed is growing for generations, generations, and, 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 and then the magi in this story that we're looking at uh, today, uh, they very likely were descendants of those magi. I think that makes sense. And so they had eyes of faith because I believe in, in, in the time there's been a turning to the Lord and the, that kingdom seed that was planted, it's starting to blossom. And now they do have eyes of faith. And they're able to see this announcement and this invitation from, from uh, God. You know, so, so let me draw from this three really quick points. If I'm accurate in that, and I realize I'm, I'm, I'm going out on a bit of a limb. If I'm accurate, what, what, like, look at how, uh, at the, look at the power of God. And what I mean is look at the power of the gospel. Like the Jewish people, God's chosen people are in captivity, Right? They're in captivity, and they're probably thinking, oh, God's not with us. He's forgotten us. 
Like, look, we're in captivity. Look at, look at our lives. And it, but the truth was, God not only was with them, God was still shining through his people, even in captivity, planting and watering kingdom seeds that literally would impact generations to come. Um, and, and, uh, and if you're in the room or watching online, if you have eyes of faith today, I would bet that somewhere in the past, God used someone to plant, to water kingdom seeds in your family line, uh, which begs the question for us today, who, God, who in my relational sphere are you using or wanting to use me to plant, to water kingdom seeds? To, and now the third quick point here is uh, I want to challenge all of us to consider or ask that question, do I have eyes of faith? And you might be sitting there going, I'm not really tracking. What do you mean by that? Well, I, I believe eyes of faith. What happens when you, you know, as you turn to Jesus, it's, it's living the Christian life in a very natural, horizontal world, if you will. But, but at the same time, as you're walking with Jesus, as he's rubbing off on you, and as your, your eyes of faith are getting clearer and clearer, you're starting to, even though you live in a very natural, horizontal world, you're starting to see the activity and workings of our supernatural God as you live in this world, those are, those are eyes of faith. And that's something that I, I really do challenge you to sort of kick that question around with God because it, at any moment in your life, like what we see in this story, at any moment in your life or my life, God can provide an out of this world, eyes of faith required sign, like a star. And, and what he's trying to do is he's trying to get your attention He's trying to invite you into what he is doing. He is, you know, he's sort of, he's calling you to a crossroads of risk. He's, he's calling you in to action. Okay, so that's number one. Eyes of faith give us the courage to act. And then number two, eyes of faith give us the confidence to continue. Uh, so as we, as we look at the flow of the story, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, I wonder how many times in this long, risky journey, the Magi, you know, they're on these camels, if they were, and they're going along. I wonder if, if they, you know, if the, the whiner in the group, which would have been me, about three miles into it, I would have been, oh, this is nuts, <laughs> right? Uh, are we sure we want to do this? Like, why don't we turn around now? And we haven't gone very far. Like, like are we going to really ride these camels 900 miles? My AC went out like at the first mile. There's no triple A. Uh, the only GPS is a star in the night sky. And what if it's a satellite? Okay, you got that. I thought that was pretty good. Okay, but you, like, you know, they had to, on this long journey, they had to have lots of moments of, of doubt. I mean, just imagine, um, how about when, when the star, they're following the star, and it leads them to Jerusalem, and then it just stops. It just stops. And imagine what it would have been like for these guys, foreigners, to walk into Jerusalem, you know, like the, the Jewish capital, if you will, and they come walking in, and they ask the question in verse two, it's like, hey, we're not from around here, but like, where's the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Well, they really stirred things up. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. You know, and again, I'm reading into this story, but I wonder like, like Herod, Herod who really, he was a, you know, he was a false king, if you will. Uh, Herod, I think what Herod heard and why he got stirred up, what he heard in what the wise men said was, hey, we're not from around here and, uh, and we aren't here to worship you. You know, lowercase Roman appointed king of the Jews. 
We've actually come to worship all in caps, the God-appointed King of the Jews. Could you tell us where, where we would find this guy? And this would have disturbed King Herod, uh, insecure King Herod, and that consequently would have, dis- would have disturbed the people. And then in verse seven, Herod has this secret meeting with the Magi, which I think would have been very scary, probably intimidating. Herod was known for you know, uh, ridding the earth of people uh, for not a lot of, uh, for very small reasons. And so I'm sure there was a level of opposition in this. And so I look at what they're going through. It must've been hard to stay the course to continue when the journey was long, when there was opposition. And then, and then as, we, as, as they get into Bethlehem, then finally, when what they saw may not have been what they expected. And maybe what they saw was a little disappointing. And, and, and I'm totally reading my own humanity into this, but imagine after all this time, after all they've gone through, and then the star stops over this little shack in Bethlehem. And these you know, wise men, they go walking in and, and here's this young Jewish girl, Mary. And then there's this little, this little boy, Jesus, and he's running around in a diaper. And in those days, they were very leaky diapers. It's in the text. Um, but, and Jesus probably would have been like right around two years old, but the house wouldn't have been much because Joseph and Mary, they didn't go to Bethlehem to move there. They just, went for the, they just went for the census. And I'm like, could you imagine them walking into that and going, ah, <laughs> this doesn't look very significant. Like, like, I don't know, I gotta be honest, guys, I thought maybe there'd be a little bit more fanfare or you know, maybe a bit more pizzazz or maybe the little guy would look a little more kingly, maybe he'd have a beard or, you know, or something like that. But, but I wonder, even at this point, they've come so far, even at this point, were they tempted to abandon the mission because of what they saw or because of what they didn't see? You know, I, I know that what I'm talking about here is something that we all struggle with in this life. If you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to come to times where you're tempted to stop following Jesus because things aren't turning out the way you hoped, because things aren't looking the way that you, that you thought they were going to look. And what we can learn today from this story is that eyes of faith, spiritual sight that can only come from Jesus, from turning to Jesus in relationship with Jesus. Eyes of faith give us the confidence to continue, to stay on the journey, to keep following Jesus, even when what we see doesn't line up with what we were hoping for, because eyes of faith are able, wait a second, eyes of faith are able to see this world for what it really is, and are able to give us a glimpse of the world to come, and a glimpse of who God really is. See, we learned, we learned in this last series, we did this Ecclesiastes series that like, like your life on earth, whether you have 50 years or 90 years, your life on earth, like this is not your entire story. Like really, I think what we learned in Ecclesiastes is that uh, this life on earth is more like the introduction of your story, right? Like we learned that our life, this life on earth is, it's really like, like a vapor. It's here today and, it, and, it's, and it's gone tomorrow. And eyes of faith, Eyes of faith, you know, they're, they're getting our eyes up off, off of the, you know, the, the natural things of this world. And eyes of faith are looking for more than what this world has to offer. And uh, Hebrews 11 is known as the Faith uh, Hall of Fame, if you're familiar with that chapter. It's, it's loaded with this list of men and women who, 
who had the confidence to continue the, their journey in spite of what they saw, in spite of what they were going through because they had eyes of faith. Hebrews eleven thirteen says this, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country they had left, well, they, could have, they would have had the opportunity to return. They could have turned around. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And what I know is I you know, look out at you and look at the camera for those that are watching online. What I know is that there are people today um, that you're standing at a crossroads and uh, you're ready to, to give up. You're ready to, you know, abandon the mission or to, or to turn around because things are just not looking the way you thought. You're, you know, you're in this place of struggle. But today, what we can learn from this story and what I want to offer to you is that God is, more importantly, God is wanting to offer us an alternative, an alternative way. Like it's basically saying, will you let me give you eyes of faith in this situation that will give you the confidence to continue, right? Will you, will you let me give you a glimpse of the future? Will you let me give you a glimpse of me that will strengthen you in, the, in this present struggle? And, it's, and it's, like, it's like being on a hike and you're getting tired and you're starting to think, why did we decide to go on this hike? This is way too hard. And all of a sudden you look up and you get a glimpse of the ridge of the destination. And suddenly you go, I know why we went on this hike. And, and there's wind in your sails again, and you're, and you're able to continue. You're encouraged to keep on walking. Because here's what I know in the room or online is that for some of us, like you're, you're in a hard marriage. And I don't mean an unfaithful or, or uh, an abusive marriage. That's in a different category. I'm talking about a hard marriage where it doesn't look, it's not turning out the way you thought. It's not what you had hoped it would be. But, but, or, or if it's not your marriage, it's as a parent. You went into parenting with this, fairy tale of what it's going to look like to be a dad or to be a mom. And it's like, it's just not going that way. Or uh, health issues, financial issues, work situation, like just all the hard stuff of life. I believe what God wants to help us with is he wants to help us see beyond the struggle. He wants to give us eyes of faith to look up over the issue, over the struggle, and to see more of him. And to get a glimpse of the future to, you know, to, to, that, that will give us the strength or whatever it is you need in this hard situation because, because now you're being filled up by a very different source, an eternal source. Um, God wants to give us eyes to see the better country, the permanent forever that is yet to come so that we have the confidence to, to continue this journey. So number one, eyes of faith give us the courage to act. Number two, the confidence to continue and then number three, uh, the freedom, the freedom to bow, the freedom to bow. And again, in the story, they're weary, times of doubt, opposition, and now they're standing for this little toddler and his mom. And they're not in a palace, are they? They're in this insignificant little house in an insignificant little town. And uh, what they're seeing probably just, you know, uh, doesn't add up. It's like, so this is it? This is the king? This is what we came all this way for? But because they had eyes of faith, 
right? Meaning glimpses of what is to come, glimpses, you know, over and above the situation, glimpses of, I believe, glimpses of who this little boy would be, glimpses of what this little boy would do. They were able to, they had the courage to act, the confidence to continue. And then in verse 11, look how they respond. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, we're so used to hearing that, I think this must have been really strange to Mary. I mean, obviously, a lot of strange things had been happening in Mary's life, but this must have been so strange. These foreigners come in, and they're, you know, they're wealthy foreigners. They got designer robes. They got these crazy, generous, kingly gifts, and she's sitting there, and they're on their faces on the dirty floor of their house, bowing down to a toddler in diapers. Like, that is so bizarre that, you know, that, that they responded that way, such a worshipful response, and it's such an unlikely, such an unlikely place. But, but again, they had eyes of faith. And they didn't just see a little, you know, running nose, or uh, they didn't just see that little boy. They saw the king of kings. And because of their eyes of faith, the magi were able to see beyond the situation and they were in that place, they were freed up to bow down and to worship. And one of the, one of the primary ways that we learn how to do that, uh, why don't we have the worship team come on up? One of the primary ways that we learn how to do that, it's really by learning to bow now. It's by learning to bow now and however the journey is going, whether it's hard, great, uh, there's opposition or no opposition, or it's turning out the way we thought, or it isn't turning out the way we thought, it's learning to bow now. It's, it's learning to turn to the Lord in worship, in prayer, in obedience. It's literally bowing or, or living a bowed life, if that makes sense. Really, it's learning to do this. This is a, 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 such an amazing verse. It's from Habakkuk 3. It says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. That is not humanly possible to be in hard places and to have the freedom to bow down and worship God only comes from having eyes of faith, of seeing him clearer, of seeing the situation clearer, of having a glimpse of what is to come and knowing that, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is hard, but this is not it for me. This is, this is just the introduction of my story. I've got a long, long, wonderful story yet to come. Uh, you know, every time we gather, we have an opportunity to literally bow down. And I would encourage you to, to experiment with that, is to bow down in worship, to bow down before, before your king. Uh, every time we stand at a crossroads of, of risk of whether I'll choose my way or his way, I would encourage you to, to learn to bow down there, to, to bow down to him and worship him with your, with your obedience. Um, before we go back into worship, we're going to take communion together. So if we want to stand up, and if, if you didn't grab your little communion cup, feel free to do that now. Uh, they're at the front and at the back. Um, just hop up and grab that. And, uh, you know, really taking communion is worship. 
uh, this little, this, this is sort of like the story, this simple little exercise. Like, does this look significant? <laughs> I don't think so, right? It doesn't, but really with eyes of faith, like what we are doing right now in taking communion, the Bible says that we are proclaiming, we are celebrating one of the most significant events that's ever happened, the, the death and resurrection of Jesus. So once everyone's got that, yeah, feel free to visit up there, guys. Feel free to visit there by the table. I know them. I can say that. I'm not being mean. <laughs> hey, what was that? Oh, <laughs> thanks, Paul. <laughs> I'm teasing you. You know that. Okay, so uh, let's take communion together. Everyone's got it? Uh, Said in Corinthians, the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks he said, this is my body, which, which is for you. Take this, eat this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread. Lord, would you empower this routine, simple exercise that we do? Just come and empower it, Lord. Come close. Come give us eyes of faith. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's take the cup. Hmm. Well, we're going to go back into worship, and uh, I would encourage you to I guess my prayer this week is, Lord, would you, would you open our eyes afresh when we gather this weekend just to see God in a fresh way and that it would stir a response in your heart of worship to him like it did in the hearts of these, these magi. Uh, during uh, our time of worship, if you feel like God gives you something that might for the, be for the greater group, come on over here. Vicky's over here. I'm over here. Um, we'd love to hear what, uh, what, what God's given you, and then we'll, we'll pray at the end of the service. Let's worship. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. I hope that what you heard has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and to contact us, go to vcdc.org. We'll bless you. Have a wonderful week.